With Memorial Day behind us and the school year coming to a close, we find ourselves unofficially in summer. Pin up in the house, kids and parents alike are probably yearning for one particular summer tradition, summer camp. That's right, it's the first episode in our brand new summertime fun time series. Pack your bags, slap on some bug spray, and get ready for some ghost stories. This is Wayback Attack. Welcome to Wayback Attack. My name is Brian Grantham. Sitting across from me in cyberspace, as always, is Preston Burt. Preston, are you ready with some s'mores action? I don't even know how to respond to that, but <laughs> if you had s'mores in front of me, I would eat a plate right now. I would devour them. Are you a, a burn to a crisp marshmallow man, or are you just like a lightly toasted kind of marshmallow guy? I am. I want my that marshmallow to be no more than golden brown. I cannot stand anything that is burned. Like I hate, um, uh, like Cajun style chicken or anything like that. Like if it has like any kind of like an excessive amount of char on it or anything like that, it's not for me. I just yeah. See, it. my wife relishes the char, and I'm just like <laughs> I just want like a, a browning. Uh, and if it has maybe a, a little bit, it's good. But mm -hmm. no, I I don't want to taste nothing but carbon. I want to taste the good stuff, man. And I'm also pretty particular when it comes to s'mores about the amount of chocolate. Yeah. Like, I just want two, you know, if you're going like a perfect square graham cracker, I just want two little Hershey rectangles. I don't want the whole bar. I don't want like the thick ones. I want the chocolate to be smooth and melted. It's very important. Yeah. The... Um... Uh, my girlfriend actually made s'mores cupcakes today and basically oh, that's good. Yeah. It has like a, like you, you make like a graham cracker crust basically, and then put the chocolate cupcake batter. And then, uh, after it's done baking, you'd like just turn on the broiler, put the marshmallows on top and turn on the broiler for a little bit for them to like melt. And it's pretty uh -huh. dope. I gotta tell you. That is cool, man. Um, we have, a. A frozen yogurt chain around here called Menchies, uh -huh. and they have a flavor that's toasted marshmallow. Mm -hmm. And I don't know how they're able to capture the flavor, but it is spot on, like campfire marshmallow. It is so good if you like marshmallow. Well, you but. gotta think it's like uh, Jelly Bellies. Like Jelly Bellies, I don't know how they do it, especially with like buttered popcorn. But they have a toasted marshmallow flavor also, and it's uh, it's 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 weird how that stuff tastes the way it does. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, so we're not talking about food today. We are talking about going to camp. Um, we'll get into that a little bit, but I mentioned at the top of the show that we're starting our summertime fun time series. So with it being summertime, you know, uh, thought we might do some special shows themed around the topic. So coming up, we may have some shows that are about going to a water park or shows that deal with uh, special summertime toys like super soakers and grenade water balloons. Those are some fun topics. Uh, we got some things up our sleeves, so hope you stick around and, and check us out every week. Um, we'll be trying to come to you weekly live here on Twitch and then recorded for the podcast and YouTube on Wednesdays. So uh, this kicks off our official um, Twitch Tuesdays at 10. So thanks for joining us right here at 10. 
um, I love the alliteration. So yeah, I imagine that you always wanted to be um, a writer at Marvel growing up, and you're like, man, all these names, all the alliteration, Excelsior. <laughs> that's that's what I did with my family. All my well, my kids are illiterate, like alliteration with their first and their middle name. <laughs> I thought you said your kids are illiterate. <laughs> that too. Like, well, you, you got to work on that, bro. <laughs> um, even my sec, my second daughter, she, um, it's not the same letter, but it's the same sound, so it's okay. Gotcha. Yeah, um, makes it easy to remember, right? Mm-hmm. And then Wednesdays, it times back, times out for way back Wednesdays. That's already a thing on social media, so. Remember, you can get your podcast and uh, your YouTube way back Wednesdays for Wayback Attack. So, it, man. Is it already a thing? I, I thought it was Throwback Thursday. So, look, there's Wayback Wednesday, uh-huh. Throwback Thursday, Flashback Friday. I'm trying to make Memory Monday work. I don't know okay. if it's a thing or not. I cannot think of anything for Tuesday that's like whatever. Tubular Tuesday, and it's just 80s that stuff. Doesn't, <laughs> that doesn't connotate anything other than how lame we are <laughs> when um uh, when i was living in valdosta uh, at one point uh hungry howie's had a tuesday deal where it was like a couple bucks for a pepperoni pizza and so i would call them and be like hey you guys doing that tubular tuesday deal and uh the guy would be like what are you talking about and i was like the pepperoni pizza and he's like oh yeah pepperoni is tubular <laughs> <laughs> so if you live Man, in valdosta you- and they they started calling it that that's that's me i started that <laughs> What's that place called? Hungry Howie's. You never had that pizza? No. Is that a chain? Yeah. Um. They, it's kind of like Little Caesars, like, but they had like, uh. uh, cheap pizzas. Man, that that back in the day, like, cause that was the same time period that McDonald's had those like twenty nine cent hamburgers and thirty nine cent cheeseburgers, and uh, me and my friends we used to go. I don't remember. It was like Wednesdays or something, but we would go and buy like thirty of them and then stock the fridge up with with burgers, and then like throughout the week, if you got hungry, you just threw it in the microwave for like you know 20 seconds that's crazy that's crazy well are you ready to talk a little bit about camping well, i not am. camping going to camp that's yes. two different things uh-huh okay um are you a fan though of actual camping no not at all <laughs> <laughs> I, hate, I hate it i hate it i i envy the people that you know love doing that outdoorsy type thing but give me the creature comforts of home any mm-hmm. day of the week over roughing it on a cold, hard, wet tent floor. Yeah. No way. Like the thing with me is like, there's nothing to do. Um, and it's uncomfortable and there's bugs everywhere. And man, like, yes. like we, my family has like a cabin in North Carolina and my dad's like, you should go to the cabin. You should go hang out. And I'm like, there's nothing to do there. I hate going there. Like I'm so <laughs> bored. There's no internet and there's nothing. And they don't have like cable TV or anything. So. Well, I, I, I appreciate going to a cabin, um, whether it's uh, a cabin in the woods is a little different. But, you know, we have a lot of people who have like a vacation. We have friends who have like a vacation cabin or something. Mm-hmm. And those are fun to me because they have electricity, you know, and yeah. they may not have Wi-Fi. But like uh, we went to visit a friend one time and, you know, they had old school technology. So they only had VHS tapes to watch. They only had super nintendo to play so it was kind of fun to go old school um and go out on the back deck and build a fire out there and you know that's fun but then to be able to go and sleep in a real bed right. i think that's the key for me is sleeping in a real bed but 
Um, yeah. Our topic for today is, of course, uh, going to camp. Yes. Have you ever gone to camp as Dude. a kid? So I've done multiple different types of camps. I've done, you know, the YMCA day camp, like your parents are working during the summer. And so you go to the Y. That doesn't count. During the day. Doesn't count. I have also been to, um, uh, a, like the classic style camp stuff, but generally speaking, it's not for an, like an extended amount of time. It was usually for like a week. It was like a church retreat or something like that, but you stayed in, in cabins and, Man, those that kind of camping stuff was great. Like I loved it. But I, you know, I I fight back on you for saying that the YMCA day camp stuff is not real because I had so many experiences during that stuff that I think most people probably have during like their summer camp stuff. Like I learned how but, to open my eyes underwater to kiss a girl. She taught me how to do that and you know, stuff like that. So wow. Yeah. But those are at the Y, right? You're not like in the in nature. Hey man, there's a pool. <laughs> <laughs> well, you were naughty court. by nature yeah but uh <laughs> so bad so have bad. you ever been have you ever been camping or to camp so i have been to camp but like in limited capacity so there was like a church camp that was like a weekend deal mm. for ras um uh like which is which is called royal ambassadors for the church that i went to um and so it was at like an actual summer camp type place where they had wooden cabins with no electricity and they had, you know, just like, uh, no air conditioning, of course. Mm -hmm. And that was cool, I guess, but it's still just, I'm just not that kind of guy. I will say though, that I always wanted to go to like a legit camp. I mm -hmm. always wanted to go away for the summer for like a week or two. Um, because I never, I never did get to do that, but I would always watch these movies, right? Mm -hmm. My first movie, I say that, that really, my first exposure to the ideal camp was actually Parent Trap. Yes. You ever watch Parent Trap? Yeah, with Haley, star, starring Haley Mills and Haley Mills. <laughs> that's right. That's right. I wish we had a clip ready for that. But um, <laughs> no, that like, I know it's from the 60s or whatever, but that was the image burned into mind of like what a camp should be like. We're mm -hmm. playing pranks on each other and, you know, having fun, like canoeing activities or archery or whatever they were in picturing back then. But I just never got to do all that stuff. And, uh, but a lot of folks do, but for those who can't, there are movies and TV shows to fill your innermost desires. <laughs> so let's talk about a first one right now. With a wave of my magic wand, I can make your fondest, brave dreams come true. Presto, changeo. Hey, Braves fans, Friday, May 18th is U.S. Army Team Poster Night. The first 15,000 fans with a reserved seat ticket will receive an Atlanta Braves Team Poster compliments of the U.S. Army. So visit the Braves Pirates game on May 18th at 7.40 and get your official Team Poster. So you see, Vern, your dreams can come true. The home team, know what I mean? All right, so that probably wasn't what you were expecting for a going to camp <laughs> clip, but there's a reason for that. Okay, so my first pick is actually Ernest Goes to Camp. Um, but I wanted to show that clip and share that with our, our listeners because 
that's how Ernest started off. Ernest uh, P. Worrell was a local or a regional um, commercial ad man. He just did any kind of product, and uh, it was so popular that started doing tons more and then got a movie deal, and then we got graced with the blessing that is Ernest Goes to Camp. And I wanted to pick Ernest Goes to Camp first because like Parent Trap, it was what like the quintessential vision of what a camp should be was ingrained in my mind because of Ernest Goes to Camp. Tell me your thoughts about Ernest Goes to Camp. Uh, I would say uh, it's probably, it is definitely one of the best Ernest movies, right? And, uh, <laughs> what, you know. Pop quiz, uh -huh. how many Ernest movies are there? Mm, I'm trying to remember um, from when I talked about how great Saves Christmas was. Uh, I'm, gosh, I, I don't remember. There are nine Ernest movies. I'm not going to go through them now. And obviously we've talked about Ernest Saves Christmas. So we are not just the Ernest um, <laughs> podcast show, but it is a good movie. And we're talking about camp and we had to talk about this. So mm -hmm. tell me more. So the, um, but you, uh, so it, it is like you said, like your classic, uh, your, your classic vision of what a summer camp is, you know, like, uh, and, and like a classic story of, um, from that time period where, you know, it's like the kids got to save the, save the thing. Right. You know? And so, uh, you know, you have in the situation, it's the summer camp and they're having issues and they got to, they got, Ernest has to save the day in order to, um, to save the camp for the kids in the future because he wants to be, uh, a, the best camp counselor that, that he can be. So something that you kind of forget when you think about Ernest goes to camp in your mind is that, the camp was actually, well, his crew anyway, was a camp for delinquents. Mm -hmm. So his uh, particular charges, they were troublemakers, hooligans. I think they had a switchblade on them. I mean, these were, these were supposedly some really, really rough kids, and they were going to camp to get straightened out, which is a, 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 you know, a kind of a common thing, one that we talked about, but it's a little too late for, for our genre of show, was the movie Holes which mm -hmm. is based on a book by Louis Sakar, um, which was a camp where they sent kids who were uh, juvenile delinquents as well, and they made them do manual labor and stuff. So wasn't quite as bad here at Ernest Camp. But um, I picked this one, like I said, because of the quintessential nature of it all, but also because this movie had some really, really good songs. Mm -hmm. Um not only did they, uh, you know, utilize some existing songs like "So Happy Together" by the Turtles and and other things, but they have there was a, a time period of movies where they had great songs that didn't get ra radio play, but um, like the best around, "You're the Best" mm -hmm. from Karate Kid, um, or I'm trying to think of others that were just like you know they're not top forty hits, but they really really hit a vibe. And I got to say, Gary Chapman, his song, Brave Hearts, it still rocks. Like, if you were to listen to that today, put it on YouTube, rock out to that, um, it would be really good. Do you have a little bit of that? Go on, Brian. I do. We, let's see. This is well. This is the best get well present I ever had. Know what I mean? So this is this is great. The song because or the music video for the song. Uh, let me turn it down just a little bit. Oh yeah, you got to turn that down. We're gonna get we're gonna get 
killed on YouTube for that. <laughs> um, but it uh, this song the, like it's great too because this particular oh that's funny it did save the ads. Well, if you now I know <laughs> that I need to do something different next time. Uh, so <laughs> this um. I always love it when you have the music video that shows like scenes from the movie. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I like it even more though, when like the lead singer is like a part of the, like he interacts with the movie in some way or the cast from the movie. So, yeah, I feel like this one is uh, probably a, a fan made music video. I don't think there really was a music video. Uh -huh. um, this, but this is really good. It rocks. You can kill it now. Okay. Yeah, we're trying to mess around with YouTube, and they haven't been too kind to some of our, our songs and stuff we've been playing in the background. So, hey, we're doing this live on the fly. We got levels to check, and this is fun. So, um, but did you see those guys in there? The uh, the, the 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 comic relief. Yes. Uh, I forget their names, but man, those guys were great. They were also in Ernest Saves Christmas, but yeah, in this the one they were the cafeteria workers. I think they're they pl they have some part usually in in every Ernest movie if I remember correctly. Yeah. So not only do you have Brave Hearts by Gary Chapman, but you also have the very very sad and somber song "Gee, I'm Glad It's Raining." And uh, you can go ahead and play that in the background if you want, Brian, because it's one that it's one of those songs that you put on when you want to feel sad. Or like when you want to embrace the suck. Um, I recently had to to cancel a uh, a convention that we were gonna have for Southern Fried Gaming Expo, and man, that day that we sent out that release that we were canceling, boy, I just <laughs> I literally turned the song on and was just like <laughs> wallowing in it. It was so sad and pitiful and pathetic. But so rumor has it that Jim Varney, who plays Ernest sang this in one take and everyone who was in the studio was affected by the somber nature of the song so i don't know how true that is i like to think it's true um but it's a good one it, it, it's got to be true and the way that that happens is the artist is really feeling it at the time uh, so a long time ago, I was in a band and I, I didn't really play bass very well because I didn't play it before I joined the band. I just, just did it to help them. But um, during when we were recording a song, there was one song that we did that I really liked. And yeah. I like I nailed it in one hit in one take, and everyone was shocked because I actually like that song a lot. And so I feel it. I understand how he would uh, be able to hit the song in, uh, in one take. Yeah, it's a good one. All right, so um, the only thing I'll leave you with that is an interesting fact, because there is a lot of interesting facts you can look on IMDb or whatever, but the guy who plays the old Native American man is went by the name Iron Eyes Cody. And what's interesting about Iron Eyes Cody is not only that he was the famous crying Indian from that um, environmental ad mm -hmm. uh, in the 70s, but... <laughs> He's actually not an Indian at all. He's an Italian-American guy who just, I guess, got a really, really dark tan and decided to get booked as an Indian. And he certainly did. He's got a, he was on the Hollywood Walk of Fame for his roles in like Westerns and stuff. And, um, but not actually an Indian, which is 
pretty interesting. Um, it was his last movie, and uh, which was in 1987. He passed away in 99. His real name is Espera Oscar de Corti. So not a very Native American name. You have to go like that when you say it. You have hey, to, you have to, I don't want to do that. You have to do the Italian hand. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so that's all I've got for Ernest Goes to Camp. Any final thoughts on Ernest? Uh, I I think, you know, it is a classic summer extravaganza. You see all the, the tropes for from like 80s kids, hijinks movies, summer camp movies. Uh, I, I think that, you know, it's not just like one of the best Ernest movies, but I think that um, – that Ernest goes to camp is actually probably one of the best camp, uh, camp summer camp movies also. So, but totally, I will say in my heart, this one is <laughs> out of this world. this movie when i was a kid and it's so funny to me because one of the biggest parts uh as a kid is the awesome robot that is in this movie and he's not in the regular trailer and then this was like the home video trailer for it he's not in that one either and it's he has a huge part in the movie and he's like the thing to get kids into it and he's not even there what do you think about space what, camp what year was this movie oh man 86 i think i'm pretty sure it was 86 so this was, you know, a, a time that was really big for the space program, mm -hmm. um, partly because of tragedy, you know, with the Challenger explosion being right around this time. Well, that, so that's kind of crazy because all those shots of that space shuttle was the Challenger. All those oh. shots in the movie of the space shuttle flying was test flights for the Challenger. And then the movie was completed. And then the Challenger explode, uh, the Challenger tragedy happened it was like um it was like six months before the movie came out and so like in between them shooting and then the movie releasing uh the the challenger tragedy happened so oh man the, yeah so it was definitely uh an appealing movie to me but i admitted to you earlier this one as much as people love it it's just not my jam it's not my jam now, that's not to say that I wouldn't really dig to go to Space Camp, but the movie Space Camp was not mine. Um, I, I really, 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 really was jealous of all those kids who at the end of game shows yes. got to win a trip to Space Camp. And I would have loved to do that. Yeah. But I don't I don't know what the movie what why the movie didn't work for me. I I had um in seventh grade, we went on a field trip to Orlando 
and we went to the Kennedy Space Center, which um, this movie was was the space camp portion of this movie was shot on location in Huntsville uh, at at actual space camp, but the Challenger stuff was all shot at at the Kennedy Space Center in Florida. And man, it was so cool going there, and like you get to go to like Mission Control and like uh, do all this stuff. But we had we had some lecture from some guy, and I don't even I could not tell you what this lecture was about. But he talked like Polly Shore. And it was like he he had a very dry voice. Like if you think of like um uh uh the teacher from Ferris Bueller was a uh, uh-huh. Bill Ben, ben Stein. Stein. And but he would be like, and the liquid nitrogen. And he would like he would end every sentence like that. And it was it was crazy. And so like me and my friends were sitting in the back, like laughing about it and cracking up. And like there was like a cool teacher near us and she was laughing with us. But uh but yeah. Kennedy Space Center is amazing. Space Camp is amazing. This movie, though, uh, so there's some crazy things about this movie. This movie was um, ABC Movies, like so the the broadcast channel. Um, mm-hmm. They had a movie uh, production studio, uh, like in the '60s, and then in the '70s, I think it was like '72. Um, they stopped making movies. They stopped it. And then in the, I think it was 78 was when Fox reached out to them and they said, Hey, we'll distribute your movies if you want to start making them again. So in 78, they started making them again and Fox would distribute the movies. And this movie space camp was the last movie that, uh, ABC movies made because, uh, it flopped so bad. Um, it had like a 20 ish million dollar budget and it only pulled in $10 million at the box office because of the challenger. Well, People say it's because of the Challenger disaster. And I think, I, I can't remember which is which, but I think it was Robert Ebert, Roger Ebert. Um, he, like, when the movie came out, like, that was part of his review for it was that this movie was doomed from the start because of because of it being so closely tied uh, to the space program. So, so I, I'm trying to be more um, aware of our audience. Give me a little bit of the plot. What is, what happened in this movie? Okay, so why, why did you like it so much? Uh, well, so when I was a kid, I loved space. Uh, it was like the things that I was really into was really strange because I was really into dinosaurs, but then I was also really into space. And and actually, uh, as I got I was, like as I got older, I was still that way. And so like like when I was a kid, when when I started getting tattoos, like I wanted one to be like old time stuff and the one to be space stuff. So, but anyways, um, so the story is. Uh, you have um, the space camp that is that is going on every year, and then a group of kids. You're just following basically a group of kids that join it. Uh, you have um, a kid that uh, played um, by Tate Donovan, uh, who is like kind of the bad boy. He doesn't really want to be there, but his dad made him go and gave him a jeep if he went to space camp for the summer. Um, and Tate Donovan, you'll know him as the voice of Hercules in Disney's animated picture and stuff like that. Uh, you had um, Joaquin Phoenix as a little boy. I think he was 11 when when they shot this movie. And he actually, at that time in his life, would go by Leaf Phoenix instead of Joaquin Phoenix. Um, so, but he was the like nephew of Tom Skerritt and uh, uh, Kate uh, Capshaw's characters. Like they're married, and it's her nephew. And so. Um, so you have Tom Skerritt, 
Kate Capshaw, they're both astronauts. They're like instructors for space camp. Uh, you, I already named some of the kids that are in it. You got Leah Thompson from back to the future. She's one of the kids in it. She wants to be, um, like the first female space, um, mission commander. Uh, you, you have, um, Larry B. Scott from the nerds movies. Uh, he's, um, Oh, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He, he was revenge of the nerds. Uh, yeah. Oh, what's the character's name? Anyway, I don't remember. You would recognize it. But he um, he loves science, but he's always really bad at it. And so he went to space camp so that he can try to become better at science. Uh, and then you have um, Kelly Preston uh, from Twins and the 80s movie Mischief. And she is like um, she's like a valley girl and really into fashion but she loves science and she has like a photographic memory and so she's very good at that kind of stuff because if she reads a book she she retains all that knowledge and so it's just like this mad cat cast of kids that and like they're not they don't work together as a team and it's really like a team building movie uh they don't work together as a team um joaquin phoenix's character is friends with this robot that nasa developed for space um space missions to help astronauts out but because his circuits get messed up during launch they never use them so he just hangs out in the space center and um he gets messed up and joaquin phoenix puts it back together and frank walker uh plays the voice of him and he um he is like, I'm best friends with, with this kid. And the kid says, I want to go to space. And so he sabotages this, he sabotages this mission so that the, so that the space shuttle will actually shoot into space so that the kid can go to space. And then he's, he plays a significant role in them getting back from space, but it's an awesome movie. So, uh, (laughs) so not to be too down on you, but I would say if you're going to be a pitch man, yes. uh, For Hollywood, you might want, might want to tighten up the synopsis a little bit. I think it was um, perfect. It was perfect. <laughs> let, let, for those who couldn't follow along with anything Brian was saying, let me read to you the synopsis that I pulled up on, on Google. It says, Andy Bergstrom, an astronaut eagerly awaiting her first trip to space, runs a summer camp for teenagers with her NASA-employed husband, Zach. One night during an engine test, Andy and four teenage campers are accidentally shot into space. Together, the group, which includes Catherine, a pilot in training, and Tish, a ditz with a perfect memory, they must work together to operate the spacecraft and return home. There you go. Where's the robot? They don't even talk about the robot in that. <laughs> no <laughs> love the for the robot anywhere. Um, uh, so the one of the great things about this movie is the score. And they got John Williams to do the score for it. And then there's also some... Um, some other song, like actual songs, like I think that there's like a Genesis song or a Peter, G- Peter Gabriel song in it. Uh, but they got John Williams to do, to do the score, so I'm sure that that's part of the $20 million budget. Um, but it's it's cool too because when they were filming the movie, they actually had a different ending than what is in the movie. Hey, spoiler alert. I'm going to spoil this 1986 movie that nobody probably wants to see. Um, so the kids are, they wind up getting shot into space uh, there's a bunch of dangerous things that happen while they're in space, but you know what? They make it back to space. All right. And they land someplace on earth and everything turns out as a happy ending, but there's a couple points in the what? movie. Shocker. I know. can't believe it. Uh, there's a couple points in the movie where like, there's like some offhanded comments, like Tom Skerritt is like talking to his wife and he's like, these are all American kids. And then there's some other point where someone says, you're going to start a cold war or something like that. Or like, uh, and the reason, yeah, the well, the reason for it is the original ending to the movie that had the kids 
all the stuff happened where they got up in space and then a Russian space camp shot other kids up into space <laughs> and they helped get the other kids back down to earth. And um, it did not test well at all. And so, uh, so they changed it to where the American kids did everything. So, wow. Can you imagine? <laughs> it, like it was very that's... forward thinking. Like, I think, you know, there's a lot of parts in this movie that are really cool. Like um, the, uh, the character that, um, Kate uh, Kate Capshaw plays like she um, she is like the best pilot and she gets passed up to be to become like the first female pilot or whatever uh, over to this other guy that is not as good as her but it's like imp heavily implied that it's because she's female and so there's like Ooh. other times in the movie where they like they talk about that kind of stuff so I you know I think this movie was like pushing stuff around uh, and then to tie in the Cold War and to try to bring Russia and America together I think it, this movie was just too ahead of its time for its own good but I will you say think? <laughs> uh, Disney knows that people want this movie and even though this movie is not on Disney Plus, the only way to watch it right now is on YouTube. Uh, but um, they announced in January that they are going to remake this movie for Disney Plus. And I think it's supposed to come out this year, but who knows now? But that's that was the original plan. Well, I you are most certainly not alone in really, really liking this movie. I know a lot of people that really love this movie. It stinks you can't find it, but I guess just keep on checking yeah. um, Netflix or amazon and I'm, I'm it'll it'll come up again every now and then i'm sure this is one of those movies like uh explorers where everybody mm -hmm. likes it i just it wasn't my jam um but maybe i should give it another shot particularly looking for that robot yeah and see it's like it, it, you know flight of the navigator i think has a lot of the same tones that this movie has so flight navigator is a little bit more mysterious but man there's parts of this movie where they're in space and i was like oh what's gonna happen and like it's it's good man i'm telling you <laughs> all, all right. right well that's brian's pick let's get into one more and i think you might recognize this little ditty I'm glad you killed it right there because there were some kids in that cast that were not bless their hearts they were not uh great singers <laughs> that was so <laughs> that <laughs> yeah i heard you singing along there buddy uh so that dear listener and viewer that was salute your shorts a nickelodeon classic from the early 90s um did you watch this one back in the day brian this was one of my favorite shows when i was a kid um, that's why I still remember the, most of the theme song today, uh, cause I have not watched it since I was a kid, but I love this show. I think this came on right around the same time as Hey Dude. Cause it was, the, it's like, it, I like those two are like this to me. Yeah. They came on like back to back, it seemed, and they were mm -hmm. very similar parts, uh, of Nickelodeon at the time. What I'm shocked to learn in doing my research, this is another one of those shows where there are far fewer episodes than I thought, you know, like. This this was on the air, and I guess in reruns until like 1998, 
but they only had two seasons and 26 episodes. Well, that is I don't know how many t- yeah, I don't know how many times I must have seen the same episode and, and thought it was a new episode or just didn't even pay attention, but um, it it was very short-lived. So this is a group of young kids at a camp. And again, this is like at an idyllic type camp, mm-hmm. very earnest, goes to camp style, um, living in um, in bunks, uh, in uh, in little, you know, out in the woods. And there's counselors and there's unruly teens. And this one hit home because of like, yes, the show's kind of cheesy, but they nailed like the different archetypes of kids and mm. the different interactions that kids it felt very authentic as far as like what kids would really do in our generation at camp. Yeah, the so, um I the the thing with it is like the cool thing about uh, summer camp is that you do have like those different groups and you know it's it's very similar to school but usually you do wind up doing a lot of things together and and it was the, this tv show definitely captured that that feeling of the camarader- camaraderie that summer camp kids have together because they have you're spending all day every day with these same kids so mm-hmm so this one, most notably, I guess, had Danny Cooksey as part of the cast, who you would recognize as um, Sam, I think was his name, on Different Strokes, you know, the redheaded kid that came in later in the series. And then you definitely recognize him as um, Edward Furlong's friend in Terminator 2. Yep. Um, as my daughter was watching the episode that I showed her tonight, she said, wow, that kid has the worst mullet i've ever seen <laughs> at and least it wasn't a rat bad. tail at least it wasn't a rat tail oh yeah <laughs> um and then also notably in this cast uh is uh someone named blake sopper who brian really likes because he went on to be in not only in a tv show called boy meets world um but he also went to be a musician do you know what musician he is I do. He's in the band Rilo Kylie with another 80s icon from The uh-huh. Wizard, uh, where the, the band is amazing. Um, I saw the first time I saw them was um, in Gainesville, Florida, I think. So, yeah. Jenny, Lu- no, not Jenny Lewis. What's her name? I forget. We talked about her before. We did an episode on The Wizard. I can't remember it right now. <laughs> I'm blanking. Um, that's one of the bad things about doing these shows live. Hey, <laughs> live and learn. But anyway, uh, they had a different cast of characters, and what was interesting is that in the first series, first season, um, you know, some of their characteristics kind of changed. Like Bud Budnick was the sidekick to Donkey Lips in the mm-hmm. very first episode because he was a lot shorter. They cast him, but then when he got older, um, he became kind of like the main bully type character. And Donkey Lips, uh, you know, he he ch- charmed up a good bit. Um, you had the dweeb kid, you had the athletic girl, you had the, um, you know, the popular girl. They had these different archetypes that that met really well with what was happening in in our lives at the time and our school groups and stuff. And I felt like I could be part of Camp Anawana, which I, I've in my research, I cannot believe I didn't realize this today of why Camp Anawana is named Camp Anawana. Do you know? Uh, I don't know. I can take a guess. Take a guess. So it's in the tradition of summer camps having 
um, Native American type of names. Uh, yeah. And then it's, I'm sure it's a play on the words like I wanna or I don't wanna or something like that. Yeah, it is a play on the words of I don't wanna. Mm -hmm. So camp, I don't wanna. <laughs> uh, I guess it's not a very good camp that they don't want to go to, but I like the show. All so, those kids the had fun. So, yeah. So one of my favorite episodes, if you're going to check out one episode, um, I would check out season two, episode two, Zeke the Plumber. Um, it's a little creepy if you have young <laughs> kids, but I really, really liked it. Let's, let's check out a little bit here. you get him from from inside your head that's where you keep all the things you don't want anybody to know about you're not gonna tell anybody about this are you of course not because i mean if the kids at camp know i have a stuffed animal and i suck my thumb i mean i used to suck my thumb attention everybody <laughs> michael <laughs> sucks his thumb and he has a stuffed animal at camp all right, man. This clip. <laughs> that clip was great. Um, it One of the reasons I picked this clip in this episode is because one of the best things to do at camp or when you're camping is tell ghost stories. Mm -hmm. And this particular episode was about them telling a ghost story about uh, Zeke the plumber who got burnt to a crisp, had no nose, and had to wear a mask to cover his face and it was obviously a play on Freddy Krueger. He visited you in your dreams. He knew your worst nightmares. Um, was burnt. It was it was really good. And I, I heard that later in the series' reruns in Nickelodeon's uh, timeline, they actually changed up the episode a little bit because it was too scary for their family-friendly image. I believe it. You know, that, that a lot reminds me of... Um some episodes from uh are you afraid of the dark like there's there's episodes from are you afraid of the dark that you know are like really scary to this day like there's it's it's surprising to me that that was on nickelodeon like that this one's not that creepy i would say but i definitely loved how nickelodeon had those shows that had the vibe of like eeriness um of the uh are you afraid of the dark or other series is like eerie indiana that was on fox at the time um i love this and you know it, i'd give it a shot if you didn't watch it growing up if you're a little older than we are the 90s weren't your jam hey maybe pop it in for the kiddos and see what they think about taking a trip to camp anawana i am so glad we invited the chippewas to join us for this holiday meal remember these savages are our guests. We must not 
be surprised at any of their strange customs. After all, they have not had our advantages, such as... So I'm going to talk over this one because we need to jump ahead a little bit for the really good scenes. But if you recognize that dialogue right at the top of, this, of the clip, it is Wednesday Adams coming in here from Adams Family Values. So this is a fantastic trip down memory lane in a macabre fashion. We have brought a special gift for this holiday feast. <laughs> Pugsley Enter comes Pugsley. out dressed. Yeah. I am a turkey. Kill me. What <laughs> a thoughtful gift. So this oh, one goes off the rail. Skip ahead a little bit, Brian. I will. Okay. Um, yeah, you were supposed to start that clip later, but this is okay. live, so there were there were notes in our show notes. But Brian, it's okay. I forgive you. I'm um, looking. Keep going. Adam's family values. Um, is of course the sequel to the Adams family, and this one had uh, one main storyline, which was they had a new member of the family. Uh, Gomez and Morticia had baby Pugsley. No, sorry, baby Pubert. Yes. And Wednesday and Pugsley were not too happy with the new attention that baby Pubert was receiving, so. They attempted to kill the baby multiple ways, and Gomez and Morticia decided it was time to send the kids to camp. And this uh, this camp was, you know, this was like straight out of Parent Trap. It was like they sent them back in time almost to like the Catskills, um, to a time where um, all the 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 elites sent their kids to go do fun activities and and here come Wednesday and Pugsley and they are very much different than the rest of the campers. Yeah, the um I I think it's a cool notion because you know, if you think when you think of the Adams family, you think of like gothic stuff, you know, like like dark and morbid and that kind of thing and summer camp is the exact opposite of that. Uh, because when you think of summer camp, you think of the two different um, counselors in this movie that the uh, they're extremely happy and cheerful. And so mixing the Adams family kids who are the exact opposite of that into this and, and seeing what kind of craziness happens. Uh, so um, I don't know what part it was because when I <laughs> download it, it doesn't do it to that thing. So is it the part where she talks where, where Wednesday is doing her monologue? Uh, she uh, gives them a um, an ultimatum and says that things aren't okay. going to go according to plans. Okay, I think we're right here. Let's see if this is right. I cannot break bread with you. Huh? Becky, what's going on? Wednesday! You have taken the land which is rightfully ours. Years from now, my people will be forced to live in mobile homes on reservations. Your people will wear cardigans and drink highballs. We will sell our bracelets by the roadsides. You will play golf and enjoy hot hors d'oeuvres. My people will have pain and degradation. Your people will have stick shifts. The gods of my tribe have spoken. They have said, do not trust the pilgrims, especially Sarah Miller. Gary, she's changing the words. And for all these reasons, I've decided to scalp you. 
and burn your village to the ground. <laughs> Alright, that's good. And all I can say is mayhem ensues. Yeah. So that scene, if you are not watching it with us here um, on Twitch or on YouTube, that scene is uh, Wednesday dressed as uh, a Native American uh, for the traditional Thanksgiving feast as portrayed annually at the camp there, um, but not sticking to the script. So uh, they went on to, to go and chase and torture the, the pilgrims, and it was a great, great time. It was so much fun to see that in the theaters. Did you see it in the theaters? I did. I did see this movie in the theaters. I loved the first movie very much, and and I I, I like this one a lot too. Um, I think it's great because um, you know, Wednesday finds love in this film, and so I know it's 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 a magical time. It is. I like this one better than the first one, honestly. I mean, I really like the first one. Don't get me wrong, mm. but I like this one better because. It did spend a little bit more time with the kids. Christina right. Ricci is like my exact age. I had a big crush on her. Um, and I really identified too with David Crumholtz's character um, just being the awkward outcast mm -hmm. because I feel like if I had gone to that camp, you know, as much as I had wanted to go to camps as a kid <laughs> and I didn't get to, and I really liked the idyllic um, scenes and parent trap and Ernest goes to camp. I feel like if I actually did go to one of these real camps like that, I would be that outcast kid that was <laughs> stuck in the corner looking at a serial killer trading cards. Well, here's the big secret about summer camps. All those kids are that kid, basically. You have some uh -huh. that have more confidence than others, but really, there's no really cool kids at summer camp. So, Yeah. Um, also in that scene was Christine Baranski. She's hilarious. Peter McNichol. Um, he would go on to play Janos in uh, Ghostbusters 2. Or actually, he'd already played that, but mm -hmm. that's what people might recognize him from. Um, it was really, really great. Um, really, really dark, too. They, they end that scene with the two counselors being roasted on a stake. <laughs> but so you may wonder, as good as that movie was, why there are not any more Adams Family movies. Well, one, sadly, Raul Julia passed away, um, and he was the penultimate Gomez, in my mind, more than... Um, more than uh, the original 60s, Sean, uh, John Aston. But uh, the movie was budgeted at $47 million, and it only made $48 million at the box office. So you take away marketing from that, and it was uh, a colossal failure as compared to the first movie that made $113 million. That said, it, it was number one at the box office when it, when it premiered. But, um, yeah, I don't think they're going to be making any new ones based on that. Well, so so I, I will say the um, they did make more uh, another movie. They made a third one. Do you know who played Gomez in it? Uh, was it Tim Curry? Yes, Tim Curry. Um, and I love Tim Curry. Tim, you know, like I've talked about my love for Rocky Horror Picture Show. But, yeah, I agree. Like he was not the Gomez that – uh, that Raul Julia was. Um, but have you seen the new the new animated one? Uh, no, I didn't get to see it. Was it good? I, I didn't see it either. I wanted to. but <laughs> What a buildup. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Hopefully you saw it. But, um, you know, I 
why do you think this movie did so poorly? I don't know. Maybe it was fatigue. Um, a lot of good movies were coming out at that time. Yeah. Um, maybe the trailer wasn't cut good. Yeah. Who knows? I think I think it's because it focused primarily on the kids instead of like the whole family. Because if you think about the first movie, like the first movie was like nonstop, not just the whole family, but you were learning more about the family because of Fester, like them te- basically having to reteach Fester everything, right? Mm-hmm. And so. Um, uh, I, I think that it probably was because that the the Adams family was not as prominent in this movie as as just like the Pugsley and Wednesday were. So um, yeah, but I, I, I think that right. that would make it more of a family film. But who knows? They didn't make a pinball machine of this one, so <laughs> that's right. They didn't make a family values pinball machine. Uh, well, and you know, do you remember what song was really popular after the first movie? It was um, part of the soundtrack. Yeah, it's oh gosh, I, it's MC Hammer. Um, it's not too legit to quit, was it? No, no, no. Oh, what was it? It, it was a, it was a it was an Adams Family song. I mean, like it was written for. I think it's called Adams Family. Oh, by maybe MC Hammer. Yeah. But um, for part two, we were graced by um, by tag team with <laughs> the Adams Family Whoop. Oh yes, and I do remember that. It's a whoop, there it is song with Adam's family <laughs> lyrics. So uh, I maybe that's parallel to the the overall quality of this film as compared to the others. But I don't know. I really had a good time with it. I liked it a lot. Yeah, it'd be funny if they had like a Vanilla Ice do like the song in the sequel. I think it would have been a, a better pairing. <laughs> well, that's going to wrap up our our for official picks, but we had we really had to narrow it down. There's actually a, a decent amount of camping movies out there of, of going of going to camp movies. Um, one that I wanted to do was The Great Outdoors, mm-hmm. but uh, I, I just didn't didn't get around to, to doing a lot of research on it. But that one scene of John Candy eating the old ninety sixer, um, it stuck with me for all my life after I saw that movie. <laughs> A lot, of, a lot of the John Candy movies, for some reason, like they all run together in my head. Um, mm-hmm. Like uh, just the different characters that he played. Like he was, he was very funny. Oh, but you know what's funny about that is he had a Saturday morning cartoon, Camp Candy. Do you remember that? That's right. Yeah. Oh, see, see, here we go with the camp theme again. We could, we could do. Hey, and maybe we will do a second round of, of going to camp stories, um, maybe this summer or next. But yeah, that'd be a good one to, to look at. Yeah. You had another pick that you wanted to go into um, that's yeah. a little bit more modern. Yeah, my honorable mention, uh, what came out in 2001. Uh, so, you know, I'm still nostalgic for that time period, but Wet Hot American Summer, uh, I think, is a hilarious uh, summer camp movie. Um, and I know, I think it was Netflix, right? That that did, mm-hmm. um, they let them do the reboot, or I guess not reboot, but the continuation of that story. Right. <laughs> and, uh, but the, that, that, that movie, um, was such a funny movie and I, I watched it a ton when it came out on DVD. So what I appreciate for Netflix's series, um, is that they went with the original cast yeah. aged, aged 20 years later yeah. and pretend like nothing's happened. Like just don't even talk about it. Yeah. Pretty crazy. Yeah. The, um, you know, that, that whole cast for that, for that movie was, was very in TV show was, was very good. And so, um, and you know, you have some, some people in it, like the, the guy, uh, from, 
he's from some NCIS or something like shit, that show is where people don't really know him, but the, he plays the, the cook or whatever at the camp and he's, his character is hilarious. So Casey Jones, right. what, what's his name? What? Casey Jones. Elias Codius. Yeah. Wasn't well, he in some cop show? I don't know. Oh, all right. We should probably do the research before we start these shows. Well, don't hey, you think? That might it's, be... not, it's an honorable mention, so I don't have to do the research. <laughs> <laughs> I can name drop people who – who's the guy from The Thing with the name? And even that other thing? You know him. People I'm very, know him. I'm very bad at names. Even like – even if it's something that I love, I'm just like I did, I'm really bad with names for some reason. So, hey, if I ever meet you – and I have trouble remembering your name. That's not your fault. That Brad Pitt. I'm like Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt has a problem where he can't remember people, and his Is personal that assistant face has, blindness. Yeah. Uh huh. I I face recognize blindness? faces. I just don't. I can't associate a name to it. So. Okay. All right. Well, um, that's going to wrap up our segment for going to camp. Stay tuned for um, future episodes. We're going to be here every week. Um, and we're going to be looking at our summertime fun time series with talks of topics about summer um, from everything from summertime foods to um, going to the water park and a lot of fun in between. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have a specific idea or something that we missed, um, shoot us up an email at waybackattackshow at gmail.com or hit us on Twitter or Facebook. Facebook, we're um, wayback underscore attack on Twitter and waybackattackshow on Facebook. Um, Brian, where can they find you? You can find me at B.E. Grantham on Twitter. And Preston is at Squared Stiff. And don't forget, tell your friends, man, they can enjoy this show a number of different ways. You, you can listen to it <laughs> on your favorite podcast app. Uh, we, we just started being on Podbean. Podbean, right? Podbean? Podbean. Podbean. Yes. Uh, so. Yeah. Um, you know, if you are a part of that whole deal, uh, make sure you like, and, uh, let your friends know about it. Um, if you want to watch the show, uh, check it out on YouTube at Wayback Attack also, or now also, uh, live on Twitch. Uh, so every, uh, Tuesday. So, um, yeah, Tuesday Twitch at or Twitch Tuesdays at 10 and then everything drops for Wayback Wednesday. We'll be back next week. And, uh, thanks for checking out the show once again. Thanks. Thanks.